What was your best you have no power here moment? When I realized I could just hang up on my sister when she wanted to yell at me on the phone. As a 12 year old, that was a powerful moment. My sister is six years older than me. So after she was 18 and out of the house, she realized she could talk to me any way she wanted. And if I wanted to say something back, she would run to our parents. Fast forward six years, her and my parents took me out to eat for my 18th birthday and she caught an attitude and I cussed her out. She gets the fish look on her face and looks at my parents, at which my mom laughs, shrugs and says, he's an adult now and he's tired of your crap. This is funny, me and my brother did not get along that much when we were younger, but the moment he moved out, we got a lot closer. Sometimes you just don't make good roommates with people. I worked at Domino's and there was this old lady who ordered from us a lot and was always unpleasant. One day she calls and makes an order she must make a lot because she knew exactly how much it was supposed to cost down to the penny. I put in her order and tell her how much it is and she starts getting upset because the order is two cents more than what she usually pays and starts accusing me of trying to steal money from her. She asks, how much money do you make stealing two cents from every customer? Well, if I was trying to steal money and I did it to 100 customers, I would have made a whole $2. I didn't know what to do because she wouldn't accept the order and it was exactly how much she thought it would be. And there's nothing I can do to remove two cents from an order, so I asked the manager and she just tells me to hang up. I was new at the time, and I'm guessing that this wasn't the first time the store got screwed over by this woman. It felt amazing and that was the only time I had to deal with that customer. I used to work at a call center and I loved hanging up on terrible customers. I once worked for a shady company that sold and repaired expensive American vacuum cleaners. I was the service manager. I had planned a six week scuba diving trip with a mate for two years. They were well aware of this and said it was fine. When the time came close, I put in my application for six weeks leave. I was called into the owner's office and was told that I could only take three weeks. I had saved up the time with their permission. I pointed this out and they were adamant that three weeks was the most that they were prepared to authorize. I even tried to negotiate them to five weeks, but they firmly rejected it. So I walked away from the office, wrote my resignation letter and left. Had a great holiday diving the Great Barrier Reef. They rang me up weekly for a solid three months offering all sorts of incentives to come back. But by then I had already won a great government job. Screw you, Tony and Anne. If the military ever taught me anything, it's to get everything in writing. That, hey sir, I'm taking leave for the 4th of July for four weeks, and his, yeah, sure, in passing in February means nothing unless you have it in some form of physical writing. Email, paperwork, or whatever you have, document everything. I agree with this statement. Always create a paper trail at your job. It will most likely save your butt in the future. My boss sold the company and about a week after the official switch to the new owners, he called me up and asked me to do something. I told him my consulting fees were $120 an hour. He didn't take me up on it, unfortunately. When I left a job, I was invited to meet the CEO because he was unhappy I was leaving and wanted to understand why. I explained that I was not being paid enough and the recently announced pay raise was not good enough. He got irritated and in a patronizing tone started trying to lecture me on how I should have handled the situation better. I interrupted him, he didn't like that. So I added, I'm leaving, I have nothing to lose, and then informed him that I had already been let down over pay multiple times, had witnessed others trying to get more pay and being refused, so I had no interest in begging to be paid what I already deserved to be paid. At that company that I worked for, the managers just stopped giving exit interviews at all. It just became a big circus. 
Man, the only job I ever quit was also the only job that ever gave me an exit interview. I had nothing really to say, so I ended up just saying that the break room needed recycling bins. The interviewer was so confused. I had a friend who worked in the selling of online spicy content advertisements. He was making them millions a year via cam and had all his clients up there spending. Repeatedly asked for a raise and they said that they couldn't afford it. He got another job that almost doubled his salary and then he showed them the offer and asked for 10k more than they were offering or he would go to the new firm with his clients. They cursed him out, told him that he was a traitor and said that there were more dignified ways to do this. In the end though, they gave him the wage he wanted. He asked for it in writing and then he forwarded it to the rival firm to negotiate the original offer. They matched the additional 10k and he bounced anyway with his clients and got his old jerk bosses to help him get another 10k of salary at his new job. Had a client freak out on us and harass us with cell phone calls every few minutes because we couldn't accommodate her needs. She wanted to make her countertops larger than the actual slab of granite. You can't grow rock. So we just refused her deposit and told her not to call us anymore. She was speechless. She was trying to get a discount and now she had to start the whole process elsewhere. We don't abide by the customer is always right. Firing the customer is definitely a thing. Sometimes 20% of your business requires 80% of the effort. Businesses that want to do better, better look hard at that 20%. I did wedding photography for a few years before every person on the planet had a digital camera. During a consultation, the fiance asked me if I had an umbrella insurance policy in case they were disappointed with the photos and wanted to sue me. He wasn't joking. He called me later to let me know that they decided to choose me as their photographer. I told him thanks, but no thanks, citing creative differences. Some people are idiots. Reminds me of a story back when I was in high school. One of our extended group of friends was a semi-annoying guy most of us tolerated. We'll call him Todd. Todd got into a car accident with one of our other friends and came out with a couple of cuts and bruises. No big deal. A couple of months later, we were all joking around in front of another friend's place and are about to hop into another friend's car. Todd decides that this is a good time to say, hey, make sure you guys don't get into an accident. I didn't want to sue the other friend at the time, but it was probably a mistake. Could have gotten a lot of money. Friend with the car's mom hears that from the porch and runs over to cuss Todd out and informs my friend that since she pays for the insurance on the car, like a nice mom, Todd is banned from that vehicle, just in case because she doesn't want any bloody lawsuits. Everyone else in the friend group talks it over and agrees this is a sensible precaution. And that's the story of why Todd had to take the bus everywhere until he got his own car. Man, I think everyone's had a Todd in their friend group before. This was my last job, was hired to be doing PC repair, only to be told an hour before my first shift that there wasn't any hours available for that and that they could put me elsewhere. Begrudgingly, I accepted as I turned down another position and needed the work. Fast forward a few months and the manager decides I'm going to be filling in for the only person handling shipping and receiving for this giant department store single-handedly with three days of training. So of course things aren't going well as this is a two-person position at minimum for eight hours and I'm expected to do it in six. The last day on the job I'm swamped. Vendors are fighting with each other over the dock space and another manager comes up freaking out on me because I couldn't get the extra work done and I told her repeatedly that I couldn't be done. Exasperated, I pleaded my case to which she callously said, I don't give a crap. Now I'm getting mad. She replied to me at this point and says, Do you know who you're talking to? I replied, Yeah, the bee who now is running this poop show because I'm out. 
11.35 an hour with my promised hours gutted was not worth it. I was hired to build a website. I knew basic HTML and was forced to apply. They wanted to pay me an hourly wage rather than actually getting a professional. In short, the site consisted of listing all the items they had for sale in pretty much a single table on the site as they took old appliances, TVs, freezers, fridges, etc., and sold them to various third world countries. So I had to take the pictures of all the products to have the images on the sites. They give me a cheap camera that dies after every two pictures I take. Boss's wife and another random staff member are there. All they do is sit on their butts chatting and do no real work, leaving the actual work to the other staff. I point out that the camera is dead. They tell me that I'm lying. Suit yourself, I'll sit down and do nothing at all until the boss is back next week. The next day I'm told to do work, point out that the camera is still broken, and get told to take it back if I want to, but while I'm out of the office I'm not getting paid. So I stay sat down doing nothing. I will point out that the actual site was built in the first day. It was literally just a white page with their contact details on it and a list of the items and prices. Hardly some long drawn out thing that actually needed work. So the next day, guy comes in to look at the stock and buy some and asked if we have a camera. I immediately offer him the one that was given and point out that it doesn't work. But if he can get it going, he's welcome to use it. Boss's wife states that it does in fact work and that I'm an idiot. Potential buyer looks it over for a few minutes, tells her rather bluntly that it doesn't work, and I grab my coat and tell her I'm done here as well. Boss did try calling me the week after to go back, but I had no intention of working in that office with her. Plus, what am I going to do once I've gotten the pictures anyways? I was hardly going to be kept on to take one picture every month or so. I would have probably stayed at that job if I was collecting a paycheck for doing nothing. My old job had so much downtime in between assignments that I started taking my laptop to work and editing my YouTube videos. I was able to put out so much content while still getting paid. I was working in retail and a customer walked up and asked if since the ATM was broken, if she could buy something then return it for cash. I had no clue, so I called over another employee who had been there for a while and they said no. Furious, she demanded to speak to our manager. We call over the supervisor of our section and he listened to her question and he said no. Furious, she demands his manager. He calls over the manager and she shows up. Surprising, the answer was no. Customer is red in the face and demands another manager. We call over another manager, wink wink. She asks again and he says no. When she said she wanted his manager, the owner said, I'm the owner of this store. The answer is no, it's against company policy. She stormed out surprisingly not asking for the CEO of the company. She didn't take no from two employees, one supervisor, one manager, or the owner. And Jesus freaking Christ, when you have five people of increasing power lined up telling you no, and there is a line of bored customers behind you, I think you need to stop. As someone who worked retail for many years, I will tell you people will complain as long as they can if they think they can get what they want. I had found another job and was just waiting it out to get my bonus. For about three months, I was free to express myself in ways I wouldn't have otherwise. I had noticed that my vacation time had not been approved and normally I would have asked about it, but I decided to see how it might play out. My manager called me in about two weeks before my vacation to inform me that it was denied. I wasn't the least upset, but I informed her that I was going to take it anyways. She threatened me in every way under the sun, which only made me laugh at her. Everyone was surprised when I left 
her office smiling as they had heard her. I went to check my desk, printed off my resignation, and gave it to her. Got my bonus, got my vacation, and also got an extra two weeks paid because I was going to a competitor and they didn't want me sharing information. I did something similar. I handed in my two weeks notice at this one place as I had already got hired in another city, and I was going to move. The manager, who was just the worst human being spreading misery in a bag of skin, tried to tell me that it's my responsibility to find and train a replacement. And if she doesn't like them, then I'll have to stay until she finds someone she does like. I told her straight up, in two weeks, I'm gone. Or you can fire me right now. I don't care. I'm not spending one second of my time finding a replacement. That's your problem. It's not my fault you're such an insufferable thunder bee that no one wants this job. At that point, she was actually yelling at me. I could no longer use this place as a reference, like I could possibly give a crap. I can't use my last job as a reference either. I made a TikTok video of myself flipping off every camera in the building on my last day. I also hit a bunch of comedic stickers of myself all over the building for people to randomly find. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Company did restructuring and laid off about 30 of us. My boss, picture female Lindbergh, gave me my contract package, which also included a lecture of if I was a better worker, the company wouldn't be doing this. After a month, they realized it was a mistake and told us that they were nullifying our contracts and that we could have our jobs back. I said that my attorney wasn't aware of a contract nullification given in the language in the document. And if they didn't want to stand by their commitment, we had already retained counsel, so whatever would happen, would happen. They came back and said we could have another one-year package over and above salary if we stayed for a full year. I quit on the 366th day, and my boss told me that she was hurt, and that this was very hard for her. I just called her a psychopath and walked out of the building. I was in a wedding party, and there was a brief lull in between scheduled parts, and we were all just milling around waiting. The bridesmaid known for being obnoxiously bossy starts barking out orders to every single person. As soon as she's finished, the wedding planner who was standing right behind her says, Nobody do any of that, and then told us to sit tight. It was great. There's always that one person that tries to take charge when somebody else is already in charge got out of the army and joined the Air Force National Guard in my home state. 20 minutes after leaving my new base for the first time, I receive a phone call from a guy introducing himself as a sergeant first class from the Army Reserve informing me that his system shows my name had been pulled from the reserve pool to deploy to Iraq within three months and he congratulated me. I kindly informed him that one, I had just returned from deployment before getting out and was still guaranteed more than three months stateside and two, I had enlisted in the Air Guard and therefore exempt. He got irritated, raises his tone of voice and said, well, you better get that paperwork to me ASAP because my system says you're going. I told him I signed a contract which binds me to that, not your system. It's not my job to update to ensure your system is up to date. I give him the name of the organization I was now affiliated with, the city, the state I was in, and my recruiter's name, rank, and personal phone number. Now you have several different ways to contact who you need in order to get your system updated, and I just hung up on him. Uh, question? 
Did you join the Air National Guard in part to keep what tried to happen from happening? Was this pretty common for the army to try to reel people back in? No and no. I switched because as part of the out-processing from active duty, you had to schedule an appointment with the National Guard rep. This particular guy touted $20,000 bonus for my job in this particular group announcement. But when I went in for my appointment just four days later, suddenly it was gone. I didn't like being taken for a fool. The Air National Guard offered said enlisting bonus plus a little less grueling lifestyle. Overwhelming majority of inactive reserves for the armed forces never get recalled unless there's some nationally known and televised escalation in fighting such as Iraq in 07 or 08. Or World War III breaks out suddenly and there's a huge demand for seasoned service members. Credit union tried to bill my father's estate for a card they wouldn't provide documentation for. I told them in detail why this wasn't going to happen. After my father passed away, there was a small amount of estate-related issues to take care of. I was the legal executor of his estate. While I was sorting through things, I started getting letters from a local credit union regarding a credit card account of his that they wanted paid off. Problem was, I could find no evidence on my end in all of my dad's paperwork of him having had that credit card. And though I knew he had a savings account with them, I didn't recall any prior bills from them regarding said credit card. And I had been handling his bills close to a year before his passing. I went in to ask for evidence and got told that only the CEO could handle the matter. She was on vacation that week, so I left my name and number to have her get back to me. When she finally got back to me, she didn't offer any evidence, but instead offered offered a number of demands that I immediately pay the money and if there wasn't enough money in my dad's estate, I should sell the house that he owned for the alleged debt of $600. Pointing out that he had not, in fact, owned said house for quite some time by the time he died fell on deaf ears. The letters continued, some personally written and rather harassing in tone. I was feeling rather concerned as I didn't know exactly what they could do or what my options were. I know the smart thing would have been to retain an estate lawyer to handle it. But what do you do when you're not an attorney or don't have the money to retain one? I had been handling things myself as the most financially minded of my siblings and trying to handle things as a matter of common sense and common decency. There wasn't a lot of assets or debts with the estate. It seems that it should have been pretty straightforward. And other than this case, all of it went smoothly. Fortunately, Oregon state laws are actually really easy to read for a layman. I spent several nights studying the various sections and determined exactly how things should go, and I wrote a letter, sent certified delivery with a return receipt, back to the credit union CEO. In the letter, I stated the following. First, that there is no evidence present for the claim. I was formally denying in my capacity as the executor, which the law allowed, with the window of opportunity of 30 days to appeal the decision in court. Second, that if she wished to make any appeal to me personally and save on the court fees, she needed to provide documentation of the account, including a record of all transactions and changes to justify the amount claimed. Naturally, I got a letter back four weeks later. It contained some paperwork, including the paperwork establishing my dad's savings account, but nothing establishing the credit card. Further, the letter stated that it would be too difficult to provide full records of all the transactions. Any bankers out there, take note. Never tell a programmer that it's too difficult for you to access your own data. We know it's either BS or that you're admitting incompetence. This would have been a five-minute database query for me, and that's if I had to look up the tables first. The letter reiterated the demand for immediate payment, again stating the house, which again, not actually my dad's, but she kept insisting it was. 
and said that it would need to be sold for payment. I wrote another letter. In this letter, I clarified several points for her. First, that as she had not provided the required documentation, she had not actually made an appeal that would be subject to evaluation, let alone acceptance. Therefore, the original denial of claim stood unchanged. Second, that it is not her place to determine my father's assets, as she is not the executor of state. Third, that even if her claim were to be granted, Oregon law requires six months from the descendant's passing to receive all claims before any of those claims may be paid out. And by demanding immediate payment, she was attempting to get me to break the law. Fourth, that Oregon law declares priority of claims by the nature of them, and credit card debts were ranked N, where the above included taxes, medical debts, and various other things. Even if her claim had been granted, she could not be paid unless there was money left after paying all the higher priority debts. And even if the house had been included, that wouldn't have been the case. And fifth, as the one month deadline for appealing in court would have expired by the time they received this letter, they had exhausted all of their legal options and further attempt to pursue this claim would constitute unlawful harassment and charges would be pressed in such an instance. I never heard back from her again. This was a massive W if I've ever seen one. Good on the OP, even though I didn't understand half of it. That's it for this video. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot. It's linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.